Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I thank you for tuning in. We are going to tackle a lot of stories today, a lot of different uh, topics, and at the risk of being censored even more than we already are, or even uh, worse, being deleted. But anyway, we've got to talk about some of the things that have been coming out in the news recently, some breaking news on the um, how does John Haller say it? Um, Charlie Vector David one uh, ten plus niner or something like that. Whatever he says, <laughs> there the the shot. We're gonna we're gonna have to talk about information that has come out about the shot that most of us knew, but now um, the CDC has been forced to release some data, and it is criminal what they've done. It is not surprising, um, but we also have some stories, good news, bad news type of thing. Um, some amazing numbers with the amount of minors being diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Just numbers from last year are shocking. Well, you know, if you know how the propaganda works and um, how people have been forcing this on children, uh, the gender surrender, the numbers aren't shocking if you have been paying attention. But anyway, and, and other things, I love Franklin Graham's hard-hitting uh, article that Harbinger's Daily picked up. I think he wrote it at Decision Magazine. But Harbinger's Daily picked up, and he just let the left have it. Uh, it's, it's called, um, It's Not Just Control of Congress. We Can't Let the Spirit of Antichrist Reign Any Longer in Our Nation. And I just want to go to our guest right now for a pastor's perspective on so much that is happening in our country and around the world. But Carl Gallops is back with us. As you know, pastor, teacher, former law enforcement officer, and best-selling author. He's the pastor of Hickory Hammock Baptist Church in Milton, Florida. And he's been there since 1987. And he's got a great governor, one of the best in the nation. And we are tempted to be a little envious, but we're not jealous. Carl Gallops, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Hey, it's my pleasure, Dave. Listen, thanks for having me, man. I'm honored. Hey, you are most welcome. Last time we were on, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I thought you were finished when you said you're most welcome. But I was just going to say, <laughs> so when you started the show, I, when you started the show and you said, at the risk of being censored even more. I know. To, today, we're bringing on Pastor Carl. Yeah, Dallas. yeah. That's, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, today, we're going to bring on another troublemaker for the kingdom. <laughs> that's right. It's going to get us in more trouble. But hey, uh, your recent books, The Unmasking, uh, last time uh, we talked about Glimpses of Glory, yeah, I heard you had a new book coming out this fall. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Tell us called about it. the yeah. It's called the Yeshua Protocol. Ooh. I'm so excited about this. Uh, the editors, all of the reviewers that have read it, said that they're just blown away by it, and they said it's totally different style than anything I've ever done. But it's just chock full of of just amazing revelatory information that's coming out in these prophetic times in which we're living. I've got 45 illustrations in it. I, 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 it's a very visual book in that way. And um, it's like, once you look at these things, you can't unsee them. Hmm. They're right before your eyes. It's the revelations of God in his word, in geography, in archaeology, in science, in quantum mechanics, uh, in uh, bi um, uh, microbiology. Uh, and, and I show it to you. And then it's all referenced. Nothing is from back channel conspiracy sites. Everything is referenced from mainstream language, uh, institutes, from mainstream, uh, conservative, uh, uh, scholars and commentators, from mainstream science sites, archaeological sites. And I'm showing you that the name of God, the person of God, the presence of God is emblazoned. It is watermarked all 
over the mm. planet. It's everywhere. And it's in surprising places in God's word. I mean, shocking, astounding places. Listen, I was sharing <clears throat> yesterday with, with a person. Uh, I, I've got the PDF copy of my book on my computer. And, uh, I was, I was talking to this person just about the things of God and, and yeah, they're a little skeptical. And I said, well, let me just show you something. I said, sit down here and look at this for, for a minute with me for about 30 minutes. Will you give me that time? They said, yeah. I started going through the pages of this book and going <laughs> to il- illustration after illustration. They were going, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's because I said, yeah, I said, it's kind of hard to unsee, isn't it? And they said, this is impossible. I said, well, there it is. It's right in front of you. And I said, here's all the backing beside you. You really don't need scholarly backing because there it is. You're looking at it Hmm. and there's no manipulation to anything. And they say, no, there's no manipulation, but I can't believe what I'm looking at. And so it's one of those kind of books. And I I think it's going to shock, shock a lot of people. And I think it's going to be really used for the kingdom work. So can people pre-order and or when is it going to be officially released? Yeah, yeah, they they can pre-order right now from my offices. I'm sure once it's placed on uh, Amazon, if it's not already out, they'll allow you to pre-order it there too. But the books, all, all of my books through Defender Press, they're 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 sold everywhere. Literally, Target, Walmart, Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Nobles, brick and mortar stores, and then of course my offices. And so I tell people go to my website. It's supposed to be out this fall, and the publisher said sometime in November. And the reason they're just a little bit vague is because we're still dealing with these supply chain issues and paper shortages and all of these different things. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Almost all the publishers are dealing with it. And so, uh, you know, but but it looks like I mean, I mean, last year, the last couple of years, it's been terrible. They would tell you you can release it in the fall and we would advertise for that. And then it was spring of the next year before it even came out. But now. Now it's a lot closer, but they can't pin it down to a specific date. But sometime in November, it's called the Yeshua Protocol. You can go to my website and pre-order it right now. And as soon as we get them in stock in our offices, right from the publishers, we will mail them out that day. But my my website is my name, Carl Gallup's. Dot com and that's C A R L and then G A L L U P S Carl dot com and click on the link that says the store and you can't miss it. It's at the top of the page. You go right there and it, all the instructions are there. There's an email address. There's a phone number. There's a, there's a PayPal thing you can click and, and pre-order and it, we make it very, very easy. Plus we do bulk orders and, if you order from us, I'll, I'll sign them if you want. And plus we pay all the shipping in the United States. I mean, so we, we do a really good job through our own offices. Praise God. Um, uh, you even mentioned Target. I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's, I mean, Target, you know, when I think about Target, we haven't shopped there for, so, for so many years. I know, me either. And <laughs> in 2017, I'll never forget 2017, they came out with gender neutral bathrooms, restrooms. Yep. They've got their yep. big LGBTQ display in their store. So I'm assuming you mean Target online, right? Probably so, yeah. yeah. I just, well, see, I don't go in Target stores either, you know, but, yeah. but, but this is all coming from the publisher and they have, all of these marketing, com- uh, you know, contacts and so, yeah. If they only knew what was in your book, they would censor you. And speaking of censorship, Carl, Christians are self-censoring their beliefs due to secular intolerance. This is a new study, and I want to get your reaction to this. We're already in trouble because, as we know, a lot of believers in the past have not spoken up about cultural issues, about morality, about what's going on around it. Even pastors are not addressing things. So now it seems like Christians are self-censoring even more. According to a new report, they find it difficult to freely express their beliefs in a society of secular intolerance um, that practices, quote, various forms of self-censorship. Well, we are doing that to ourselves, really. The report is titled Perceptions on Self-Censorship, Confirming and Understanding the Chilling Effect. So let me read this paragraph and you can comment. Secular intolerance has a chilling effect on Christians, which directly affects their capacity to express their faith freely in society and is leading to various forms of self-censorship. Some people do indeed fear being subjected to legal proceedings 
or being criminally sanctioned on charges of discrimination, while others fear being subjected to disciplinary proceedings in their work or workplaces. And this is just the new direction now, Carl. We're seeing it more and more where uh, intolerance of the biblical worldview has increased in the last decade or more, and especially in the last couple years. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because now believers are saying, well, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, my thoughts are the exact same things you just expressed. So next question. All no, right. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Of course, you know, if you ask me a preacher for my thoughts, I'm going to have thoughts. Okay. Let it so, rip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you and I are, are, I mean, we haven't even discussed this in depth before the show. So, but I can just say that you and I are probably pretty lockstep on this in mm-hmm. our hearts. I mean, we both yeah. love the Lord. We love his word. We love God's people. Uh, we love the gospel. And so, you know, I, we, we pretty much see this the same way. But now look, I'm a pastor. Okay. I preach every Sunday. We live stream every Sunday. Uh, we still, I, we still use YouTube and Facebook and Twitter as well as a ton of the alternative media uh, to post uh, clips from our service. We don't put the whole service up there. I mean, it's live stream for people that want to go to our website and watch the whole service. But people that just kind of want to hear the message, we clip out my my message each week and we put those all over the internet. And brother, I'm here to tell you, I don't censor every anything. Now, that doesn't mean that tomorrow YouTube may just say, you know, we've had enough of you hmm. uh, or Facebook, whatever, um, or Twitter, whatever. They, they may. But here's the deal. Uh, I, brother, listen, I, I'm just going to tell you my heart and our attitude. Mm-hmm. I, there's no there's no pretentiousness here. I'm not trying to tempt Satan. I'm not trying to 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 be anything. I'm not saying we're the best or we've got it nailed down. There are a lot of other pastors kind of doing the same thing, same biblical philosophy that I'm taking. And that is this. When we started live streaming during COVID, and that's really when we started, we could have before, but I just didn't want to because I didn't want to be censored. And But then we did for COVID, uh, although we never closed our church doors, and that's another whole story, and we've talked about it on your show before. Mm-hmm. But I still did live stream for people that just felt uncomfortable coming into the crowds. Uh, and, and we told people, we said, look, we're not going to judge anybody. Do what you want. Come. The, the doors are open. If you want to, if you don't want to, watch us on live stream. I mean, whatever you want to do. We treat adults like adults, but we're going to preach the word. We're going to worship the Lord and we're going to preach the word in context. And so, but I think a lot of it, David, has to do with this. Listen, there are ways. Well, let let me address what I think it has to do with. And then let me tell you how you can get around some of this Mm -hmm. stuff, too. Okay. Yeah. So. So here's, this is my philosophy and I can talk to you guys about it today and it'll sound so good. And then tomorrow, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, for example, can cancel me. I, I, so I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just telling you my heart and how we do it. Here's my heart. I've been the pastor of one church on the Gulf Coast for 36 years. I'll mm-hmm. be starting my 37th year in March. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, I spent 10 years in Florida law enforcement uh, with two different sheriff's offices under three different sheriffs, some of it in criminal investigations, most of it in patrol officer work. So I've got a good 40 something years of life experience. And so in those two professions, and I, and I don't consider ministry a profession, but I'm going to speak of it that way. In the only two professions basically I've had in my entire adult life, it's been about nuance and and word usage and you know when you're a cop you can't just go out there and just talk any way you want to people you can get killed mm-hmm. you know yeah. and and same thing in the in the ministry i mean you can't minister to people by getting in the pulpit and making a jerk out of yourself you know uh, you you might be passionate about something but there are ways proper ways to express that passion but my point is i i I, I, I tell our, our, our staff, you know, we're not going to compromise the word of God. We're just not. 
but but we do need to be gracious about how we communicate. For example, when Roe v. Wade was overturned by by the Supreme Court, I mean, I I, I went to the pulpit. I'm not going to re-preach the sermon here, but let me just show this as an example. I basically I just went through and said, here's what's happened. This is an answer to prayer for the last 50 years. God's people have been praying and praying and praying. Well, it's finally come. But remember, in 50 years, the whole culture has changed. There was no internet back in 1973. Uh, you know, and and on and on. There were no social media platforms, uh, but everything has changed now. Everything is being censored and trashed. And boy, if you speak against something that the left want, there's violence and Molotov cocktails and everything else. I said, so it's totally different. I said, but the bottom line is, you know, to, to, to murder millions of children for the sake of convenience mm-hmm. you know is is wrong and and that whole supreme court ruling was illegal that's why they overturned it it wasn't that they were making a religious statement it was just that 1973 ruling was not constitutional it was illegal so so anyway i just went through all that and then and we talked about life and we used the scriptures and the importance of it and the sanctity of it and i said but look here's the other side I said, there are so many people in our culture, in our church, who are hurting from this. I've been here 36 years. I've been through several generations of people. When I came there, I was holding babies that were being born that are now 36, married with teenagers of their own. Okay, And so I know I've been through several generations and probably half of this church, I looked right at the church, has has been touched by abortion one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Either they've had it or their children have had it or their grandchildren have had it or their very, 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 very close friend has. And so I said, but here's the deal. We have to be the healing place. We have to be a safe church where people can come and not have this winked at in their life, but yet put our arms around them, love them, bring them to uh, whatever they need, whether it's repentance or healing or deliverance or whatever. And But at the same time, not be judgmental and in their face and you're going to hell for this because people are repenting. People are looking for, for relief. They're looking for forgiveness. They're looking for healing. A lot of people were kind of sucked into the culture of their days and and just thought, well, it's okay, it's legal, so it must be okay. And then later on, as they matured in their life and sometimes in their own faith, they realized, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Can God ever forgive me? Can anybody ever forgive me? Will a church ever have me in their doors? You know, and so I told him, I said, folks, so it's that old thing of hate the sin, but love the sinner. And I know that sounds, you know, you, you know, cliche-ish, but it is biblical truth. Jesus did it. The woman caught in adultery. He hates adultery, but he loved, <clears throat> excuse me, he loved the woman caught in adultery. And yet he was firm with her. He said, now go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven, but don't go back to this junk. That's it right. will ruin Amen. you. Amen. So I said, that's the balance. And I preached it with passion and with love. That thing went out. It went viral all over the internet. I've not had one kickback from YouTube or Facebook or anybody. And I mean, brother, we covered some deep stuff and I didn't mince my words, but here's what I did do. I was gracious, I was kind, I was biblical, I was balanced, and and I kept expressing the fact that we've got to to love people in the name of Jesus. That's why we're here. That's what a real church does. Doesn't mean right. we wink. Doesn't mean we wink at personal sin or national sin, but it does mean that we don't go out and act like a bunch of self-righteous jerks. There's not a person in this church, I told them, I said, including the pastor that's preaching to you right now, that doesn't have a trail of sin and regret in their life. And we have dragged it before the cross and we praise him and worship him for forgiving us and for giving us a new start. Why can't we do that with people who've had abortions or who have been caught up in this whole cultural mess? And, and, and so that, that's how I, that's how I preach, brother. 
So does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to move on, though. We're down to 30 seconds um, before we have to take our first break. We need to come back and talk about the midterm elections, and they're less than a month away. And a mutual friend of ours, Cheryl Chumley at the Washington Times, wrote a, a very important piece about the money from other states that are poured into certain Senate elections, Senate seats that are up. Um, in other states. And, you know, sometimes people in their own states don't have the power. We're going to talk about that. How Also, I just, I've got so much on my mind here. There's so many headlines to get to. But the vaccine, we've got to talk about it. What the CDC is now admitting, what Pfizer is now admitting. We're going to go there when we come back and get a pastor's perspective from Carl next. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Okay, um, this is important. We're, we're going to talk about elections probably the next segment. All right, guys? Um, and God willing, we'll get to this these amazing headlines. Uh, New York Post, Boston Children's Hospital says... Kids know they're transgender from the womb, but they deleted the video for some reason. Hmm. That must mean babies are alive in the womb. If they know they're transgender in the womb, oh, there's, they're about to implode uh, on the left. So, Carl, breaking news, uh, in a COVID hearing, Pfizer director admits the vaccine was never tested on preventing transmission. What does that mean? Get vaccinated for other people was always a lie. The purpose of COVID passports was to force people to get vaccinated. And the world now may find out some that half the world that hears that goes to certain media outlets because the media is complicit in this. Before we get into some stats, one more sentence and I'll get your overall reaction and we'll dive into some of the numbers. Our, it says our regular, this comes from this, now this is something different. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Jr., the chairman of Children's Health Defense. Our regulatory agencies fail to perform their most fundamental obligation to gather reliable data and share it with the public, with physicians, and with research institutions. Our public health def- officials deliberately obscured the data on COVID-19. And Carl, we know it happened. Some of us were trying to sound the alarm and some said, oh, just trust the government. And now we see the stats. America was one of the worst countries for deaths and, and it could have been, much of it could have been prevented. Your quick thoughts. Yeah. No, I agree with you totally. I'm not being uh, cute again. I really do. And and I was with you and so many others saying those things that, you know, that I thought we were being very fair and very sane about it. Um, and, and of course, back in those days, I had my own uh, radio show that was heard all over the nation, and all over the world, I've been doing it for 22 years, a live show. And we talked about it. Um, and 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 the bottom line is, I told people, as as you did, but you asked me my thoughts, so I'm giving them. Um, I told people then, I said, look, uh, just stop, 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 think, just think, think. Um, All through history, there's never been a vaccine released to the entire planet unless it had been researched thoroughly on humans with millions of volunteer human people from all over the world. For 10 to 15 years, Bill Gates literally said that before a CPAC, I mean, excuse me, CPAC, not a CPAC, before um, uh, a C-SPAN mm-hmm. interview, the video is all over the Internet where he literally says that about vaccines. You, 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 But he's not defending that. He's trying to justify why they went ahead quickly with the with uh, with the you know the covid vaccine but but he admits he said look before now uh to get a vaccine approved took 10 to 15 years of testing wow. so so i mean it's like guys that's all we were saying and so m- my my mantra and this got me banned from twitter and and shadow banned on facebook and uh during those days all i said was somebody please Name the person for me. Give me their name and their title of the person 
right now, as this vaccine is going all over the world, give me the name and the title of the person who knows what the long-term effects of this are going to be on the planet five years from now or Mm -hmm. 10 years from now. Give me that name. And then I put hint. You can't do it because not a single living soul on the planet knows anything about that. And the reason is because we haven't used it for 10 or 12 or 15 years. We Mm -hmm. don't have the data. We don't have the information uh, that the, the scientists and thinkers, the medical thinkers are, have been banned and shadow banned. They, they're, they're uh, uh, you know, discussion and peer review has been ripped out of the media. And that's why I said, folks, I'm not some conspiracy theorist. I don't think this particular vaccine necessarily is the mark of the beast, so to speak. That's right. But we're being groomed. Mm-hmm. We are being groomed. And, and, and look how they're doing it. It's with fear of death. And then they cut out the voices of anybody that disagrees. And it doesn't matter if they've got four PhDs in molecular biology or vir- or, 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 or a vaccine uh, manufacturer. They're going to cut them out. They're going to cut them out because it doesn't meet the narrative. I said, that is Orwellian, which tells me that powerful voices of governments and politicians have now gotten a hold of this. They're playing doctor. They're playing God. And I'm not going to participate in it. And that's all I said. And, of course, I got banned immediately. Yeah. Um, you and many, many others, uh, brother, there's some pastors that have been unashamed of the gospel and unafraid to speak the whole truth. Um, uh, we know them, many of them. They've got banned. They've, we've been deleted. We've got ministry leaders, even uh, just conservative groups and voices. And it even happened to many of us on social media. So I want to share some other stats of what now is just coming out. And by the way, some, I I remember one person contacted us after we addressed this issue a couple months ago on the podcast. We went to Open VAERS, talked about vaccine adverse events, and I'm going to talk about the numbers in a minute. But uh, she said, I'm not listening to you guys anymore. You're fear-mongering. And I'm thinking, okay, these are the stats that you can get online. <laughs> these right, are stats right. that the, either the CDC from, is putting from up the CDC. or yeah. VAERS. VAERS is a vaccine adverse event reporting site. Um, but she says we were fear-mongering in the way we were presenting it. So I'm going to go right back to the facts of what I was reading before we started this off. Um, what the government did and the public health officials in the last couple of years, they amplified it, they amplified fear by exaggerating fatality rates. And by the way, our Marxist media in America are complicit in this. They all distorted the safety and the efficacy data on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin to steer people away from preventative and early treatment and leading people to think the vaccine was the only answer. They misled people. So um, a couple more things. They created a public health crisis I made the public health crisis worse, um, and the government failed to really serve the people. So this is where we're at, Carl. Now some stats. Um, the ICAN, ICAN, the dashboard shows 3.3 million individuals impacted out of 10 million users by the vaccine. Impacted means some adverse event, and I'll get to that which means 33% of people, I thought it was just a quarter, 25, 33% of people had at least one adverse event. Any other time in our history, as you said, it would have been taken off the market. 1.2 million, that's 12%, were unable to resume normal activities. 1.3 million missed school or work because of the shots. And 782,000 required medical care. This is the largest self-inflicted medical disaster in history. Carl, those numbers don't lie. No, they don't. In fact, I live in the state of Florida. Our Florida Surgeon General, just a few days ago, as you know, uh, uh, he released a pre- he, he gave a press release saying, we are recommending that people 50 years and under not take this vaccine. He says, because we have discovered through international studies, international peer review, our own studies, 
uh, now that some years have gone by and we can see the, some of the effects, we have discerned that if you take the vaccine, people between 19 and 39 years of age taking the vaccine have an 80 times greater risk, 80 times greater risk of getting myocarditis than if you don't take it. Hmm. And, and they're saying, we're, we're saying people 50 and under should not take it. I mean, unless their doctor advises and there's some huge reason why. And this came from the Surgeon General. So several politicians at the federal level saw that and actually posted on their Twitter accounts and said, oh my gosh, look at this. And Twitter banned those politicians. Wow. They're trying to, yeah. But what happened is within 24 hours, I don't know what somebody got a hold of Twitter and says, look, you're opening yourself to huge lawsuits. Either their attorneys got a hold of them or they actually went and read the article and discovered it was a press lease from the third largest state in the union from the Surgeon General hmm. about internationally peer reviewed research. And maybe Twitter said, you know, we better let this slide. And they reinstated those web, those accounts that they had banned. But I mean, that was their first reaction. Yep. Yep. Oh, they're go, they're going against the narrative. Ban them. Ban Censorship them. again. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's pure communistic. That's Orwellian and communism. I mean, it yep. just is. It's, it just is. Yes. It's communist policy in America is what it is. Let's just be straight out. We're not calling certain individuals communists, right. but although there are right. some that are openly admitting their worldview, we are saying yep. this is actual communist policy. When you propagate one view and silence the opposition, silence the rest, you're, that's propaganda. So I want to tell people what the CDC did out of many things. But this is actually astounding. As you know, it's the Center for Disease Control the data they released contains no ages. They divided their data between two groups, everyone over age three and everybody under. Now, that's a very strange way to report the it data. Is, all, and all the other fields, by the way, were predefined, which constrains the data in other ways. So, for example, yes. users could select when they had vaccine adverse events, they could select fever or pain but the CDC did not provide a choice for stroke or myocarditis, and that's absolutely astounding. You're telling people what to put down or what they can't put down. So it appears, the conclusion, friends, that the CDC intentionally built that system to downplay the actual evidence of serious harms from these shots. Yes. It's criminal. Um, it, it, it is. And people need accountability, but I don't know how that's going to happen because this is on such a massive scale. It is. Let let me give a biblical spiritual perspective to this because, you. I mean, you're doing a great job with facts, figures, stats, and truth. And, I mean, things that are just out there now. And, and, of course, it infuriates people like you and me because we've been screaming this stuff since the beginning. And we've tried to do it fairly and we've mm -hmm. tried to yes. do it rationally and we tried to do it reasonably with a voice of reason and balance. Yet we were still canceled and trashed and mm -hmm. called all sorts of names. And now where are all these people? You know, that trashed us and called us liars. And now the big wigs of the Pfizer and CDC and the, the health professionals are finally coming forward saying, you know what? We lied. I mean, they don't really say it like that, they're, but yeah, that's they're what not. it turns out. Yeah. No, that's the problem. And so where are all these people? I, I haven't had anybody apologize to me. Have you? No, no, no I, I've no. heard no public apologies whatsoever. No. no, and very little. I mean, it's crickets. From, you know, the more leftist, socialist, communist people. It's crickets. They, because this is the stuff we were saying. But anyway, there's a spiritual side to this, and that is this. We are living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I've said that on your show. I've been saying this for over 10 or 12 years. I'm very, very blessed to have written a lot of books, and all of them have become national, international bestsellers. God has just blessed that. That has put me all over TV and radio, all over the world. So I've been saying this all over media 
for 10 or 11 or 12 years. And, and I go through the litany of all of the biblical signs of why I can say that. The things that have happened that are unprecedented. And I'm not going to do that right now because I'm trying to get to another point. But we are just living in the most prophetic times, biblically prophetic times since the first coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things, one of the things that we, our generation has seen that no other generation before us has seen that is prophesied in the Bible is an absolutely exponential explosion of technological advancement. Mm-hmm. And and most of that is wrapped around communication, information, technologies. That's right. Now we communicate with each other around the world. Almost every human being on the planet either does or has access to a few don't, but but with eight billion people, I I'm just making this number up based upon all the statistics. But I guess ninety percent of the people now have the at least the ability or the access to you know cell phones or internet or computers or something. They've got at least access to it. So the bottom line is, for the first time in global history, and and especially correlated with the with the birth of the church. The governments of the world are able to speak with one voice, and they're doing it. And this is the spirit of Antichrist that mm-hmm. is sweeping the globe that the Bible prophesied would happen before the Antichrist himself kind of makes his appearance with his his Antichrist organization and the Ten Kings and all of that that the Bible speaks of. But the point being... We're in the edges of that. We're watching it come about. We're smelling it, tasting it, feeling it. We're feeling the impact of it. We're being, we're being lied to. We're being brainwashed. We're, 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 we're being manipulated. And the whole thing is the word of God speaks of all of this. It prophesied all of this would happen. This demonic outpouring, the lying, the deception, law being thrown to the ground, lawlessness prevailing, truth being thrown to the ground. It's all happening. Doctrine being perverted, biblical truth being absolutely perverted. Well, it's not only perverted from pulpits and entire denominations now, it's perverted 24-7 on the Internet, Hmm. going out to all 8 billion people on the planet. Now, now. And here's what I say. You and I both uh, today have talked a lot about um, fear, you know, fear from pulpits, fear from pastors, fear from church people. I lose my job. I lose my Twitter account. I lose Facebook. I'll lose this. I'll lose that. I'll get kicked off here, kicked out of here. Uh, I'll lose my friends. Fear, fear, fear. Yeah. And then, of course, then, of course, this this manufactured, whipped up fear of total global death with COVID if we all didn't run down and take the vaccine. Listen, there there are people that are going to die, of course, and it's sad. It's, yes. it's travesty. And if we can avert it, we should try to avert it. But this global fear, everybody, I mean, to this day, I still see people driving down the road with their mask on in their car by themselves, the mask pulled up over their nose, their eyes big as silver dollars in fear. You can see it in people's eyes. All right. One minute. Bible, the Bible speaks of that. Hebrews yep. 2. It says that fear is the greatest power that Satan has over the planet. He uses it continually, but it has been defeated in the resurrection of Jesus Christ for those of us who believe. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, and we've got to remember that going forward because there will be another crisis. The left and the globalists will unleash another some sort of crisis or disaster Uh, but when we come back we've got to talk about the midterms coming up Um, also you mentioned the spirit of the antichrist i love what franklin graham said about the moral condition of our nation and we are running out of time pastor carl gallops is coming up with more on stand up for the truth next Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. To wrap up what we were talking about from uh, Children's Health Defense, uh, one of the great websites out there, um, the left, the globalists, the leaders in the healthcare uh, industry, so to speak, they engineered, engineered a $3.8 trillion transfer of wealth from the poor and middle class to a new class of billionaires, uh, globalists, and we didn't get here overnight. Uh, they say it took decades for Big Pharma, Fauci, Bill Gates, and others to create the architecture for the industry capture that is driving this 
crisis. Again, Children's Health Defense. And we are not going to be able to get to this, but I want to just share the number I teased at the top of the podcast. You can get this over at WashingtonStand.com. A report, 42,000 children, 42,000 minors diagnosed with gender dysphoria in 2021. That's just by an analysis of U.S. insurance claims. That's just astounding if you think about it. And Pastor Carl and I were talking on the air actually during the break and saying, hmm, I wonder what happened all of a sudden in our nation's history that people suddenly, children suddenly are starting to doubt their gender. But we don't have time for that. Let's get right into the elections and the importance of Christians getting to the polls and voting regardless of the fact there is voter fraud in every election, not necessarily the amount there was in 2020, but in every election. But that is our voice, friends. And Franklin Graham said this. Um, November 8th, tens of millions of voters will head to the polls across America to say that much is at stake is a gross understatement. It may be our last chance to stop the immoral and ungodly policies that have brought our great nation to the moral brink of disaster. The floodgates of Sodom and Gomorrah have seemingly swung wide open in the past two years. The spirit of Antichrist is pervading our nation, hating the things of God. Many of our leaders now advocate for and defend such abominable behavior as same-sex marriage and gay rights. They are staunch supporters of transgenderism, which is nothing but a lie from hell. End quote. Thank you, Franklin Graham. Pastor Carl Gallup's, your thought on what he just shared and how important it is to get Christians engaged and get them to vote. Yeah, I, I agree with everything he just said. And as, uh, li- listen, let, let, let me just comment on some of this. As far as the voting goes, then I want to get to the, to, you know, to these issues of morality. Uh, the voting issue. Jesus made it clear. We are to be the salt and the light. The salt and light, they are change agents. They yes. are exposing agents. They Amen. are preservation agents. Uh, we, I mean, Paul says, have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. In other words, we are supposed to engage the culture, not as anarchists, not as a bunch of jerks, but continually with truth and righteousness and the word of God. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they worked in the Babylonian government under the Babylonian king, and yet they kept their 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 stand for for God and for God's word and they were kind about it they were gracious about it they still wound up in the lion's den they still wound up in the fiery furnace and the in the scriptures say in those cases God intervened he actually interjected and intervened and brought a king to his knees because mm. of their faith so anyway this is what we're called to do. We're not called to put on white robes and go run to the mountaintops and hide. We're not ca- called to give up and say, oh, well, it's going to happen anyway. We're in the end times, so right. just let it happen. We're not called to do that. We don't know the day or the hour. We are supposed to engage. If God wanted a bunch of people like that, on, if you use a football analogy, he just put all of those people on the bench. <laughs> you know, it, 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 And the, only the ones that are ready to engage would be put back in the game to to run the score up Hmm. and so that's a football analogy that's where we are so i tell christians you know yeah some people say i just don't want to get rid of politics it's all evil well of course it's evil and a lot of the reason it's evil because a lot of christians have just checked out yes and and so i'm saying to christians you know do whatever the lord leads you if you want to run for office run at least vote at least speak at least research these things educate yourself and try to preserve the constitutional republic that God gave us to give us the freedom to meet and to worship and to share the gospel without going to prison or having our heads cut off, guys. Yes, I don't think people realize we could lose or we are losing our freedoms. I don't think people realize how close we are. Yes, and so that's my 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 appeal there to make it quick because I know we're running out of time. Mm -hmm. And and then I go to these other issues, and, and let me just give, look, look, let me speak of this from a former law enforcement investigator example, mm. and then let me speak to it as a pastor. Sure. Listen, what we are now doing with children, pushed and promoted by government and government agencies, including the government public school system, is just a few years ago absolutely, abjectly criminal. Yep. 
I mean, it's grooming. It is. I mean, and it's not just, you know, look, if a kid comes to you and you're a teacher, let's say 10 years ago before all this was an issue. And they said, look, I'm really, really struggling. I know I'm a boy, but I just feel like a girl. Well, there was, you know, uh, it's it's okay if a teacher deals with that. But you get parents involved. You get, you know, professionals involved. You get medical people involved. There are protocol for doing things like that. Because if you take a child and start giving them medical advice, and you're a teacher. Now, school teaching is a hugely important and honorable profession, or at least it should be. Some some people have not made it so, but anyway, it is. But you're not a doctor. You're not a scientist. You're not that child's parent. And so when you take a child into a room and start talking to them about their sexual body parts and the things they can do with them, and the and 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 the and the surgeries they can have and the drugs they can take i'm telling you that is criminal it is felonious it is grooming it can be sexual abuse and then when you step over the line and say to the child you don't even have to tell your parents what we're talking about oh my gosh that's what pedophiles do i mean that mm-hmm. that is another whole step of taking it to an illegal nature I've put people in jail and in prison for stuff like that just down through the years. Now, let's come back to the, to where we are now. I'm a pastor. Let me show your audience. I, I know most of them feel probably the same way we do about yes. this and as passionately as we do, but I want them to feel it like this. Okay. Pretend like audience that you're coming to my church. I am your pastor. Okay. I've been there 36 years, so I've gained your trust. We have all kinds of mission outings, outings, I mean, mission excursions, ministry excursions all over the United States, all over the Gulf Coast, all over the world. I mean, from the islands of Vanuatu to African nations and everything. So we do all of this and we do that. So I'm telling the truth thus far now. So you're in my church. And it comes time, your, your, your child, uh, let's say a, a young teenager, they go with us on a huge mission excursion. When they come back, it eventually is revealed that I have taken your teenage girl or boy, young teen, maybe preteen, privately and counseled them about their sexuality, their gender, oh. their bot, their body parts. <laughs> And told them how they could change their body parts and drugs they could use. Talk to them intimately about how they felt about their body parts. And then told them, now do not tell your mommy and daddy. All right, you're a member of my church. Wow. Your child finally admits this. What do you do? You sue the church. You leave the church. You probably seek to press criminal charges. The media would get a hold of it and yep. call me all kinds of perverts yep. and call for my head on a platter, accuse me of, of all kinds of stuff. Why is it wrong for me to do it, but it's okay for your child's teacher to do it? Charles, uh, uh, Carl, Carl, stop right there and just pause and think. let everybody think about that. That's such an important Question: Why would it be wrong for you as a pastor to do do the very same things that a lot, not all, but a lot of teachers are doing, saying we don't need to tell your parents? This is criminal, and they are protected not only by their unions but by the liberal the media law. and the, the Democrat law. Party and the law. Yeah, this is absolutely astounding. I'll let you continue now. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for putting that exclamation point on yes. what I'm, what I'm saying. Yes. Because that's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as a former law enforcement officer who knew the law, enforced the law, investigated sad cases like this where adults were secretly engaged with children in conversations about their intimate sexuality. We put them in prison. Hmm. And now it's the, you know, it's, it's protocol. In schools and in organizations and in the media, in on Hollywood, in videos and movies, in television programs, uh, from the White House, it's coming down. I mean, this is insane. This is Romans 1 right before us where it speaks of this degradation of society that's centered around sexual immorality. And mm-hmm. that's not the only thing. It goes on to talk about deception and lying and, 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 you know, and all these different things. And it says you not only... 
participate in these things, but you approve of them. And sexual immorality is kind of the foundation to all of that. And then it says, and so God gave them over to depravity of mind. Brother, we are watching it right before our eyes. So me as a pastor, if I do this with your children, which I never, ever, 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 ever would, but let's just say for an example that I did that, you would, oh, you would go out of your mind. Yet Mm -hmm. the next day you put them on a bus and send them to public school where it's happening and you say well not to my kids well it's because you don't know it just because they don't yeah. have to t- they don't have to tell you and oh, and they're boy. protected the teachers are protected yeah that i'm saying folks think use your heads this is where we're going and if christians are not the salt and the light if we don't vote if we don't stay engaged see how all this comes back together yes if we don't engage the culture if then then what's going to happen listen and if pastors don't engage this from the pulpit, who else is going to tell them? A lot of parents are scared to touch it. Um, uh, the school won't. The government won't. Hollywood won't. Yep. Uh, the, the powers of the world won't. Your politicians, your city council and church and, and, and commissioners and most of your school board members, they'll never address it. Where are your kids going to hear it? Yes. They come to church and not only do they not hear it, but they hear a watered down version of everything. And then we wonder why our kids are so confused and why parents are so confused. Carl, we've got three minutes left and we want to add, um, that the media beware of this, friends. The media and the left will try to make your state Senate election or national elections They'll try to make it about personality. They'll try to bring Trump in. Oh, he's a Trump. Oh, he's a MAGA, you know, make America great again uh, guy. They're going to try to make it about that. They're going to get away from policy, platform, and procedure. Let's talk about the Democrat platform and how demonic it is. No, we don't need to. I do that all the time. So, we, you know, don't let them avoid the issues and the platform. And understand this, and I'll let Carl respond to this, that a new survey the percentage of Democrats who say religious faith, now that's not biblical Christianity, that's just religion. Religion is important. The percentage of Democrats who say it's important is now down to 43%. So it's not necessarily biblical Christianity, but it's not a high issue on their radar. It's environmentalism, it's abortion, that's part of their platform. And the survey also said that Democrats disagree with the premise that marriage makes society stronger. Just two more minutes, Carl, for you to put an exclamation point on that, that it's got to be about the, our biblical worldview and how we see the policies and the platforms. Yes, it, it's got to be. And here's the thing. Please understand, listeners, this is a global spirit. It's not just a United States thing. Yes. Even though, even though the reason we're so freaked out about it, number one, we, most of us live here, most of your listeners do, but, but, but number two, it's the lar- statistically, it's the largest Christian nation on the planet and always has been. So if we're going down this, this vortex hole, can you imagine what's happening around the world? Mm. Well, now we don't have to imagine yeah. because 24 seven, we hear it, we see it, we watch it. The videos are out there. The, the social media is out there. The politicians from all the nations are out there. We went through COVID. The, the, the politicians and governments with one voice closed most of the churches on the planet for almost a year. I mean, this is serious stuff. Yep. This is serious, folks. This is the spirit of Antichrist. This was prof- this prophesied in the Word of God. We've got to buck up, and we've got to stand in the Word, and we've got to be gracious but firm Christians. And, and But first, we have to know the Word. I mean, we just do. And preachers have to really stand in the pulpit and shuck it out there. Uh, but we're just living in prophetic times. Amen, brother. Perfect ending to remind people this, what we're seeing is biblical, it's prophetic. Pastor Carl Gallops, we will, Lord willing, have you on in the near future when your book is released. God bless you and stay strong, brother. Thank you, David. See you guys. God bless. All right. Tomorrow, Pastor Scott Lively, another troublemaker for the kingdom. We're going to talk about Christian nationalism. Is it Christian? Is it? Is that just a pejorative term? We're going to talk about that, the rise of this, these accusations of Christian nationalism. What does that mean, and is it a bad thing? How are they defining it and using it as a weapon? We know since last January 6th in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol, Scott Lively was there. That's tomorrow. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.